Why the Fed's critics will become more vocal, May 4, 2022. The 10-year Treasury yield touching 3% has drawn headlines, but the biggest story is that the increase in nominal yields has been driven by rising real yields. 10-year TIPS, or Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, yield 0.18%, the first time they've been positive in over two years. Until recently, real yields have been declining irregularly for decades. Trillions of dollars of return-insensitive capital from central banks, sovereign wealth funds, and others with inflexible investment mandates is part of the reason. The Fed needs tighter financial conditions in order to slow the economy. Higher real 10-year yields help. Tighter monetary policy is most effective when it increases bond yields because that's where the economy and equity markets are more sensitive. Therefore, rising bond yields reduce the need for aggressive hikes in the Fed funds rate. Criticism of the Fed has been limited. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers and former New York Fed President Bill Dudley are notable exceptions and are well qualified to find fault publicly, as they have. Republicans have voiced unhappiness about elevated inflation, while Democrats seem to care more about the Fed's approach to climate change. We may not like inflation, but since the cure is a weaker economy, we'll like that a lot less. Quantitative easing, or QE, was obviously maintained way too long, and the Fed is approaching its opposite, quantitative tightening, or QT, cautiously. Much has been made of their decision to shrink the balance sheet, but they have over a trillion dollars in Treasury securities maturing within the next year. Letting these roll off won't impact 10-year yields, but they may sell mortgage-backed securities, MBS, which looks sensible because Fed buying of MBS has been supporting the strong housing market. The Fed remits its operating surplus to the U.S. Treasury every year. In recent years, this has been swollen by positive net interest income from its $9 trillion balance sheet. In its last fiscal year, ending September 2021, the Fed reported $122 billion in interest income from securities. Its balance sheet averaged $8 trillion, so we can infer that the average interest rate on its portfolio is about 1.5%. After adjustments, net income of $107 billion was remitted to the government. The Fed's fiscal year 2021 interest expense was $6 billion, but this is now going up. Assuming the $1 trillion in securities that will mature within a year yield 0%, the remainder of the Fed's balance sheet yields just over 1.7%. Short-term rates will be at that level by year's end, if not sooner. The 2022-23 fiscal year will see a steep drop in the Fed's annual remittance to the Treasury. It could even flip to where the Fed has an operating loss. Auctioning MBS would generate realized losses for the Fed. They have over $2.6 trillion in MBS with maturities of greater than 10 years. Assuming a duration of 10 and a 2% increase in yields from when they were bought, for every $100 billion in MBS the Fed sells, they'd realize a $20 billion loss. None of this will surprise policymakers, who we can assume took all this into consideration when they began the latest round of QE in 2020. They worried about their exit a decade ago when wrestling with how to reduce their balance sheet following the 2008 Great Financial Crisis, or GFC. Back then, St. Louis Fed President James Bullard called it a recipe for political problems. 
They began tightening monetary policy in late 2015 and took almost four years to reach 2.4%. The Fed moved so slowly to unwind the GFC balance sheet that it wasn't far below its 2016 $4.5 trillion peak before COVID led to a second round of QE. From 2015 to 2019, their remittances to the Treasury fell by almost half. The Fed could argue that losses from QE are proof of its benefit. The higher rates that follow reflect QE's success in arresting the economic decline that necessitated it. This is a sound economic argument, but not one that's been tested yet. It's the opposite of what deft currency intervention produces. A central bank that steps in to offset extreme moves in its currency is buying low and selling high, as long as it's successful. Sometimes it isn't. The 1992 collapse of sterling against the Deutschmark overwhelmed the Bank of England, netting George Soros's hedge fund an estimated $1 billion profit on Black Wednesday, September 16, 1992. QE is a buy-high, sell-low strategy. Because of the Fed's error in maintaining overly accommodative policy for too long, they now must tighten more aggressively. It'll take time but the budgetary consequences of their poor decisions will reach the political classes in another year or so in time for the 2024 presidential election. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that a 1% increase in rates above official projections increases the interest expense on federal debt by $200 billion. Their most recent forecast was for 10-year Treasury yields to average just 1.6% through 2025. Slower normalization of monetary policy and lethargic balance sheet reduction will allow higher inflation while smoothing the drop in Fed remittances to the Treasury. Such a debate won't make it into the FOMC minutes, but will be on the minds of Chair Jay Powell and his colleagues.